time to get back to basics, reclaim your space and live a simple life as much as we possibly can. My name is Louise Hopkin and I believe that we can simplify our lives by letting go of stuff. Why? Because we have too much emotion connected to stuff and it consumes our lives. Join me as I share ideas, thoughts and steps on how to do this so you can get back to living in the moment and reconnecting with your loved ones. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in again. My name is Louise Hopkin and I am your host of Inspiring Calm Podcast. As my entry says, we are creating a movement to help you create simplicity in your life and reclaim your space so you can reconnect with your family, friends and yourself. I just wanted to recap quickly what we spoke about in episode one. We know that being disorganized has three major effects on us, and that was health, where we talked about words like frustration, anxiety, stress, all of these which can cause harm to our bodies and mind. Then we talked about the effects on our health by having a messy kitchen, how if we don't like or even enjoy being in our kitchen, we're going to eat out more or order in more. Then there was finances. We talked about how much money do we spend a year on buying clothes that we may only wear one or two times a year and then they get lost in the back of the closet. How much do we spend a year on rebuying items because we knew we had it but couldn't find it when we needed it so it's way easier to go out and rebuy it. Or perhaps we buy items to stock up just in case. Shopping at Costco is a great example. Now, I get that this is the idea of Costco to buy in bulk, so you save money and it is good value most of the time. But when we buy items in such bulk and you are spending the money to save a small amount. So for example, if I found a great saving on toilet paper, sorry, I just had to use this analogy. It's just too appropriate for right now. If you're listening to this in a future date, look up COVID-19 in toilet paper and you'll get what I'm talking about. Okay, so say I buy two lots of toilet paper that is on sale and each lot is a savings of a dollar each. So keeping the this maths real simple so you can understand and if I'm actually being honest, probably more for me because I'm terrible at maths. Okay, so you save a dollar but the item costs 15 So this is the plush, real good stuff I'm talking about here. So you are spending at $15 you don't really need to and also taking up space in your home that could be causing you stress because you actually really don't have space for it. $15 doesn't sound like a huge amount, but maybe you do this for three other items. So you have now spent approximately $50 on stuff you didn't really need and caused more space to be taken up and which causes more anxiety. So just think about that for a minute. Um, That is something that we kind of forget about because we're trying to uh, save money and we think it's good value at the time, but that money could be better off in our bank um, and without having to cause that anxiety as well, right? By taking up that extra space. Thirdly, we talked about time. This is my favorite one as we are such busy people and quite often I, I, quite often I say, I wish I had more time or I don't have time to get anything done. I hear myself saying this and I hear my clients saying this as well. So when I say this, I will try and backtrack and say, nope, I got this. I just need to make some changes and I can get it done. 
I feel I take on too many tasks at once sometimes, but what I did and what I have done is I have a system now in place so I can handle these many things at once. And that's a whole other topic, right, that we can talk about in another episode. In fact, if you want to, you can comment if you would like to hear more about this. Then we talked about if we spend 15 minutes every day looking for items or deciding what to wear, we waste nine hours a year. Now that's just talking about a minimum 15 minutes a day. So what would you do with that extra time? Lastly, we talked about R&E as part of our acronym REASON, the top six reasons on why we collect clutter. So R&E are retail therapy and emotions. I shared some pretty good stuff about what can trigger these reasons and how to create some guidelines and rules to help prevent these from building up. Okay, so moving on and diving into today's good stuff. In today's episode, we are moving on to A and S. So what are these two reasons? A is for assigned time and S is for sentimental. Remember again, sorry, in episode one, I spoke about the two differences between sentimental and emotions. So let me just quickly recap that difference for you because sometimes you can kind of get mixed up with that and think, well, they're the same thing, aren't they? So the definition of sentimental was of or prompted by feelings of tenderness, sadness, or nostalgia. And then emotions had some long ass explanation that I simplified because I don't think I could even say half the words and described it as natural feelings that come up for us in different situations. I know it doesn't sound uh, as, as fancy as the other explanation, but it makes it more realistic and keeps it simple when really that's what I'm all about, creating simplicity in our lives. Then we talked about uh, there are three, eight basic human emotions and they are joy, trust, fear, surprise, sadness, disgust, anger, and anticipation, according to Robert Plutchik in 1980. Let's begin with assigned time because, well, this is our next letter in reason. I hear quite often from clients or people in general, actually, whenever I'm just having a conversation with them that they just don't have the time to keep their home organized or to go through their things and get rid of stuff. No, I totally get it because, as I said before, we are all super busy. We take on so much stuff. Uh, We have just so much going on. But just like when we say that we are unable to afford to buy that practical item we have been meaning to, what we really mean is that we need to or would rather spend our money on other things. So when someone says that they don't have time to get organized and get rid of things, What they really mean is that they would prefer to or need to use the time for other things. So why do we do this? And why does this get pushed to the back of the to-do list time and time again? It can be for a number of reasons really, but the main ones are overwhelm, which we will talk about in detail in episode three, as this is one of our top six reasons in the acronym. Don't value the importance of minimizing and finding a home for everything. Now, remember the huge benefits I mentioned in episode one and went over again today. Health, finance, and time are what we need to keep in mind when making our excuses. Yes, I said it, excuses for not prioritizing and assigning time to minimizing. Yeah, it can be tedious. Yes, it's not everyone's favorite thing to do and 
And I get it that even though I love it, but you know what I don't love at, um, I don't love it all the time, but I recognize the importance of it and I make it a priority. Question, how many of you make cleaning your home a priority? Or how many of you have a cleaner that comes in regularly? I'm guessing quite a few of you um, really value having a clean home and recognize how it makes you feel when you come home to a clean home and the fact that you didn't have to do it yourself. This is just like having an organized home and making being organized a priority. If you have less stuff around, it is quicker to clean your home and quicker to find things, which goes back to how much time we can save by um, everything having a home. Another reason that we are afraid to change our habits and routines to help us save uh, time or we just don't know where to begin and what to do. Sometimes it could be resistance from other family members and this is where an outside influence can really help. I've helped couples where they have very different views on what they should keep and how it should be stored. I'm sure quite a few of you can relate to that, right? They, they come to me after they have had a talk and they know that they need to make a change. And they, they understand that it just won't work having them working on the project together as they will butt heads or separately because then they are afraid of what the other person might throw out or donate with them not being there, right? So that causes a lot of stress between the couples as well. So how do we create more time so we can add this into our busy day? Well, we don't. We need to make it a priority. Schedule it into our calendar, whether it is daily, weekly, or monthly. It doesn't really matter. You just need to make a start. At first, you actually won't create that extra time um, because you need to actually start the process first, get to a point where it does become a habit and routine and everything is flowing and that's when you'll save the time. But that's the hardest part is for people to start to keep going through the middle. Actually, the middle part is the hardest part because that's when everything kind of, I, I like to say it's the, the storm before the calm, right? Because that's when it gets really overwhelming and people are like, I just can't keep doing this, but you have to push through. Then when you get to the end, that's when you can celebrate and that's when you'll start saving time. Okay, so I hope that kind of went over time for you and make that um, make that a bit clearer for you. So the next one we're going to move on to is sentimental. So I was reading the book, The Hoarder in You by Dr. Robin Zesu, who likens sentimental to souvenirs, which I found really, really interesting, actually, and, and quite a good analogy. So um, sentimental actually means to remember in French. Automatically, we collect souvenirs, uh, connect souvenirs to uh, the little keychains, fridge mag magnets that we collect while on holiday. But what she actually explains is that for some of us, we tend to do this in our everyday life. For example, we collect souvenirs regularly by keeping gifts that we don't necessarily like, but was given to us by a loved one who may have passed or who is no longer in our life, as in friendships have been lost or partnerships have broken up. Does this sound like something you might say to yourself when going through your sentimental items? Throwing this away is like throwing away a part of me. Losing this is like losing a friend. 
Throwing this away feels like abandoning a loved one. These are pretty typical things that we will say to ourselves because we're connecting our relationship to that person through our stuff. Another big one that a lot of us struggle with, actually, I should say mums struggle with, is our kids' sentimental items. Like what I'm talking about is their masterpieces that they bring home or create at home uh, quite on a regular basis, right? They're so proud of their achievement and their little faces are lit up and they look at you with those big eyes saying, you love me, mom, because you will keep this forever. Then after we find uh, ourselves buried in mountains of masterpieces and things like their baby teeth, uh, yeah, I know that's, that's a weird one. I, okay, I have to admit, I actually kept my son's baby teeth his first few and then I came across them a little bit later um, and I was like, uh, why do they keep these? And anyway, so I, I, I did purge those, but does anyone else keep teeth as a memento? Um, anyway, so um, you feel guilty if you file these. And what I mean by file is to place gently in the recycling. You feel like my kid will want to look back on this someday and be proud to show their kids. Well, think again. The new generations are the new environmentalists and are really trying to live a life without as much stuff. So how to handle these tough decisions is where our guidelines and rules come into play. So the rule would be set yourself a limit of how many bins you can save per child. So that would depend on how much space you can dedicate to saving all their sentimental items. Another rule would be to set a time limit on how long you will display each piece of artwork. It could be 48 hours or one week, then it gets filed. Wink, wink. So you all know what I mean by filed now, right? <laughs> okay, so the guideline would be then what type of projects to keep. I have one bin for my son and it has those hanging files in it. So I allow one hanging file for each school year. Then I have a section for sports like his hockey and swimming, which is quite handy as I keep his swimming certificates after he completes each level so I know what level he is at when I book him in for next sessions, right? Um, and I know it's all in one place. With school projects, I keep his larger projects like stories, research projects, and those type of things. I will admit my son is not big on drawing so I don't have to deal with those um, pieces of artwork being created much at home or at school uh, but he does collect medals for his sports as as you know they tend to hand them out um, all the time and for anything right. Um, I will go through these once a year and ask what he would like to keep and is happy to file. At first there was some resistance I'm not going to lie because he wanted to keep all of them but over time, I, I really keep at him and I keep explaining the importance of keeping things that he really loves and has a deeper meaning to him and making room for the next stage in his life. So he, he's definitely way better at it. But um, like I said, trust me, there was resistance and there was some uh, tears. But now it's, it's their training, right? We have to train them to, uh, um, I guess, learn to let go of their stuff. We need to remember to tell ourselves things do not keep the memory alive and things do not make us who we are. This is a really hard part for some of us and we struggle with letting go. And each time we touch an item, the memory comes back and it ties us to it that much stronger. If you can relate to any of these or even just one of these struggles, I would love for you to join me on a free live webinar 
that I am hosting next week, so that would be May 26, called Three Steps to Clearing the Clutter and Reclaiming Your Space. It will be for approximately an hour and I'll be teaching some great information that you can take away with you that day and start using straight away. It will help you discover your reason why, move through to the other side of the psychology of emotional attachment to stuff, and talk about habit and routines that will help create more time and stop from accumulating stuff. I'll put the link in the notes um, where you can head to and, and um, sign up. Uh, and you know what, I, I really appreciate and thank you so much for listening. And again, I know we're all really busy people, so I try to keep these um, short and sweet and to the point. And I really hope that, you know, even if you walk away with one or two things, aha moments and, and something that you can relate to, then I, I'm really happy about that. And if you need to just um, drop a comment in, in the um, under the podcast, and if you have any questions, I'm always happy to help and answer. Okay, guys, thank you again for listening and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I hope you found some great information. I truly appreciate your time and being part of our movement where we are looking to change our lives so we can lead a more simple life and reconnect with our friends and family and of course ourselves. If you need or want to have more support from like-minded folks and myself, head to our free private Facebook group, Who Loves to Organize? This is a safe place to share your struggles with getting back to basics, whether that be resistance from family members or just needing to know where to begin. Louise Hopkins signing up for today and can't wait to share more thoughts, ideas and strategies on how to reclaim your space.